I, um, I have a word for you. I, I'm sorry, I, for some reason your name is like, whoop, right behind Vicki. Yeah, Tyler, thanks. I could not remember, and I just feel like it's as important because of the word. That the Lord wants you to remember that you need him. Like, it's easy to get caught into, like, life. But, like, this message is something that you need to hear. Like, he needs you to, like, really remember and pay attention. Because, like, it, as I was reading somewhere in Samuel, it said that people remembered the Lord or they, they remembered and they went after empty things. And God doesn't want you to go after anything empty. He wants to fill you with the fullness of who he is. And so to, like, just recalibrate your thoughts even this morning. I mean, that's for all of us, really, that we need the Lord, that we need his word today. Like, we can't live without the word of God being dwelling in us, richly changing us and, and, and doing something in us. We have to come with great expectation. Like, stir your heart. Like, really stir it up. Activate your faith. Say, God, let my faith stir right now. Because what I need is I need the word. I need it, I need it to, to richly encounter me. Because something's going to happen this morning that should astonish you. So put your hand on your heart. God, your word is living and powerful. It is effective. And your word never returns to you void. So I'm asking God that you would move in this space. That you would unify our hearts as believers. That you would do something un unthinkable. That you would search our hearts that we could hear you this morning. God, we need to hear your voice. We're asking that there would be a power and a boldness on the word that today. That it would, that it would be sown into our hearts and it would produce living fruit. We thank you, God. We expect nothing less. In Jesus' name, amen. Thomas, as you stood up here, I felt like the Holy Spirit was all over you. And he wants you to know that a course has been set for you and that it is a higher and greater course than what you've ever considered and that you're going to become a man of great honor and God is going to use you mightily so stay the course stay connected to him stay believing that he can do things that you would not believe could happen in your life amen amen I actually am really excited that that the junior high and whatever are in here this morning, they're always in the first Sunday of the month. And um, because I believe that this morning's word is meant for your age as well as all the rest of us. And so I'm excited at what God's going to speak to us. So the message title is Divine Intersection. Okay? Divine Intersection. All of you know what an intersection is, right? Like we're Highway F or Highway 67 and County Road F meet right in the middle. That's an intersection. And we go through lots of intersections. And um, a divine intersection 
it's where the natural and the supernatural collide. That's what a divine intersection is. And they, they merge together in that moment. The natural and the supernatural come in together in one moment of time. And we are transformed in some way. For instance, one of the greatest divine intersections is when your heart is pulled on to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you become born again. You ask him to come in your heart. There is a divine inner action that happens. There is a supernatural and natural collide. And the old man is gone and the new man is created. And that is a divine intersection. And so um, every time that heaven and earth collide, every time, God offers you an opportunity to receive revelation. So when I think about revelation, I think of it as something that you don't know or you don't understand. And so every time heaven and earth come together and collide in your life, there is an opportunity for you. Notice I said opportunity because some of us just pass opportunities by. And so um, and those encounters that come releases a transformation and allows you to know who God is in a way you've never understood before and allows you to see things different and uh, and allows um, his work to come up about in you you see from the very beginning of time God has been about people about mankind. He, he wants relationship with you. And so he provides these divine intersections in your life that create moments for you to know him more. Because he wants to know you. He wants you to know him and he wants to know you. And the reason he does that is because he values you. I I would actually like you to whisper to yourself, God values me. Boy, that was quiet. Well, maybe you should say it a little louder. He really... You see, I think you need to understand something. God is always drawing... He's always drawing you. He's always speaking to you. He's always wanting to encounter you. That truth is true. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter because it's true. That's who he is. And I love the way the psalmist puts it. Look at Psalms 139.4. It says, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. That is a scary thought, is it not? You go before me. He went before Israel. He follows you. He places his hand of blessing on your head. You have a hand of blessing upon your head. Such knowledge. It's it's too wonderful for me. Too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. And then I love verse 17. It says this. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. You see, I grew up loving God and knowing that God loved mankind. 
He loved people. But I never understood that he loved me personally. That he wanted a relationship that wasn't just come into the kingdom and then we'll see you in heaven. It wasn't like that. He wants an ongoing, dynamic, alive, interactive relationship with you. And so he is all about divine intersections that bring you to different points that cause you. He wants you to have awe of who he is. You see, I can mark and recall the moments in my life where the kingdom of heaven collided with Ruth Marin. And I was never the same again. Every one of those encounters, it gave me an opportunity to know God in a different aspect. It's interesting to note that every place that he encountered me became places of anchor where I was unshakable. I knew that. Because as a people, we carry a lot of facts. If I said list 10 facts right now, you all could do that. We carry tons of facts. And we know facts about God. We know that uh, the shortest verse in the Bible is, and Jesus wept. We know facts, right? We know God created us. We, we, We know all these facts. But do you know him? You see, it isn't about facts. It isn't about the the, the things you know that you can list that you know. It's about the things you know here. The things in your heart. The things that make you unwavering and make you able to stand. And God is wanting to encounter you. He's wanting you to have some divine intersections. And I'll tell you why. He said in the days ahead, you have to be able to stand on your own. Yes, the church can encourage you. Yes, one another. That's our job to encourage each other. But the truth is that we have to know our God and we have to know what he'll do and we have to know what we can ask of him. So... um, I sat before the Lord this morning, and I said, I feel like I need to share one of those divine intersections. So, Holy Spirit, what, which intersection do you want me to share this morning? And I came to an, an incredible realization that if I started right now, for the entire rest of the service, I could tell you about divine intersections I had with the Holy Spirit and with God that changed my life. There are so many I remember one summer, I don't know if we were in this building or not. I don't think we were in this building yet. And um, God was trying to get my attention in a different way, one I didn't understand. And he wanted me to know that he saw me, me, everything about me. And he knew what I longed for and he knew what motivated me and he knew what was going on inside of me. And he wanted me to know that he was aware of me and that he loved me. And I remember one day, I mean, that summer was crazy. I was, we were driving down a road and I looked out the window and I said, stop, Mike, there's money out on the side of the road. And there was like $300 all folded together. And I was like, Just odd things happened one after another. I went to a rummage sale and there was this beautiful red moped. 
And I went over and I put my hand on it. And right behind me, there were two guys waiting for me to take my hand off of it. And I'm like, oh, I always wanted one of these. Oh, this is so cool. I wonder, will Mike let me buy it? Can we get it in our car? What, what can we do? What, what? And so I got the owner. I kept my hand on it because I didn't want to lose it. <laughs> and the, the guy, a person came up and I said, so what are you wanting for this? He said, if you put it in your car, it's yours. And I'm like, Serious? what's wrong with it? He said, you need a new inner tube in one of the tires. And I'm like, I'm so confused. And I released in that moment of time that Papa God knew me so much that he was showing me his heart for me, his love for me, his affection for me. And there was something that happened inside of me that changed and shifted. And I began to see God in a whole new new way and it began a journey of knowing personal and it came into a place where I recognized Papa God as I call him Papa because he's so dear to me and he would I would sit on his lap and he'd wrap his robe of righteousness around me and he would speak into my ear and I had encounter after encounter after encounter with him and it changed how I saw God and everything I needed from man shifted away because he was filling that. He was speaking over me who I was and what I could do and what he wanted me to do and oh, there was these Glorious moments that summer, over and over and over, because he wanted my attention. And so he provided these divine intersections that never, that shifted and changed me so much, so much. And I want you to think about the Word of God, the Bible. You see, there's divine intersections when you're reading the Bible. It's in the word. There are times when he will jump off the page and speak into your heart and grab hold of you and shake you and you'll go, is this possible? Really? God can do this? And I'm telling you, if you find the Bible boring, then I challenge you to say, Papa God, I want you to have a divine intersection in the word of God with me. Show me what she's talking about and see what God does. I remember when TJ had a divine intersection with God out in his backyard, sitting on a bench, and he heard God speak from heaven to him personally, and it changed and shifted what was going on in his life in that moment. Those moments that he comes, they're to change who we are and and what we're about. His word is actually written so you could encounter him on the pages and know him. Oh, you see, if you don't have that encounter with him as provider, you don't know that God loves you so much that he'll meet your needs. If you don't know him as the healer, then you don't really believe that he has time or that you're worthy or anything of him to heal you. So you don't expect it. And God is so, so interested in you. 
that he's bringing into your life moments in time where he reveals who he is. And God spoke to me this week and he told me that there's going to be an increase in these kind of encounters. And that you must expect him to encounter you. So everyone sitting here this morning, you have no excuse. You need to begin expecting God to encounter you. Because he told me he's going to. And I felt like especially with the, the high school and college age, God is going to do something that's going to wow you. Look for him to encounter you. Look for him to encounter you. He said an outbreak of encounters will begin to manifest more and more for those who are expecting. And its purpose is that you can be strong and know your God. So I, the Lord led to me this whole idea of knowing God. He led me to some verses. I want you to look at the first one. It's in Daniel. Can you put that up there? So I want you to notice that's, is that out of strong, that's Strong's, yeah, sorry. I was thinking, isn't Strong's just New Testament? No. So that number tells you what that word actually means, okay? And this verse, it says, the people who know. And so that number is for that word know, okay? You want to know him. That's the word. It says, those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Because when you know him, then you know he'll do it. And you know he'll show up, and you expect it, and then you want more, and then you expect more, and then he shows up in a greater way because your expectation is higher. And so it says that those who know their God will be strong. You're strong because you can't be shaken because you know who God is to you. And then you'll do great exploits. And then in the New Testament, in the Strongs, it has that number with a G. And it's the same word. It's the same meaning, okay? It's that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. That same word, know. It's interesting. I want you to understand this. In Genesis chapter 4. It's not up there. In verse 1, it says that Adam knew Eve and she conceived and had a son. That word is the same word as those who know their God. And those who know him will have power of the, and the power of his resurrection. And what it means, those words, that word that shows up in all three of those places, it means to know relationally and experimentally. He wants you to experience him. He really wants you to experience him. And then if you look at Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul is praying this over you, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? And it's the word knowledge. And it means recognition and full discernment and acknowledgement. He wants you to, that whole idea of knowing, knowing him. And I'm telling you this because you have to have a God. You have, you have a God who wants to know you relationally and experimentally. And that's why he will intersect with you in places 
so that you will understand who he is. Isn't he good? Isn't he good? You see, revelation comes with every divine intersection. And it grieves God's heart when we know him with facts, but we don't know him. Revelation is life-giving because it makes you know something you didn't know before. And he wants you to know him. It's fascinating. I want you to think about all the ways that God might intersect in your life. I want to give you some examples that help create a hunger to understand this divine intersection idea of it coming and encountering you personally. So one of my favorite, and I, I tell it often, I'm sorry that I do that, but I love it. You see, there was a dead man that had a divine intersection where the natural and the supernatural collided and that man came back from the dead. And he would tell you that the encounter was pretty transformational. He would. And I want you to know something. What that scripture shows us, it isn't that God has the power to raise the dead. It was that his heart was for a widow. That woman, his mother, was a widow. And he looked at this burial, this funeral thing happening, and his heart of compassion went out to this woman. And he knew where she was at and what was happening, and he stopped the casket and he raised him from the dead. And you have to know that God loves widows. And we have a lot of them in our room. And God loves you, and he has compassion on you, and he cares about you. And he says he'll care for them. It's pretty wild, huh? But beyond that, we, saw in the, we see in the word that God encounters people in their dreams. It actually says in Job, when you're asleep, when your mind's not active, he'll enter... He'll open your mind and he'll place instructions inside of it when you're sleeping because your mind's not going 100 miles an hour and he can actually get a few words in. It says he, he intersected people on their jobs. One man had a divine intersection with God while he was up in a tree and God stops and he, inter, he meets with him and he says, come down, Zacchaeus. He said, and then he invites himself to supper. It was an interesting interaction. There's ones that um, in the Old Testament, on the mountainside, through a burning bush, at a banquet, at a place where a hand at a banquet appeared on the wall, just a hand and an arm writing words on the wall. I wouldn't have cared to have been there. That would have been crazy. He met some in caves and other beside water. Others had divine intersections in church. Still others had life transformation when they dipped in the river. And they, they said, oh, there really is a true God. There really is a God. It's not about the place. It's not about who you are. It's really about a deep hunger to know God more. That's what it's about. That is when you are ripe for a divine injury. Section. 
And I want to enlighten you about some people who had these moments in time. And I want you to consider their responses so that as you begin to have encounters with God in crazy places, that you'll know how to respond right. Does that sound good? So I want to tell you a story. I'm putting up Matthew 14 because that's where it's at. So if you're taking notes, you know where it's at. But I'm not going to read it. I just want to share something with you. This is a story about the disciples, and they've been sent out, and they're rowing, and they're in the middle of the water, of the sea. And they're tired, and a storm comes up, a terrible storm. It says, actually, the word says the waves were contrary. Don't you love that? (laughs) Contrary, or boisterous, or it was a terrible storm. And I don't know what size the boat was. It doesn't tell us, but there were 12 men in it, and they were afraid. And they're out in the water. And I want you to picture that. It's dark, and you're in the boat, and it's rocking, and water's coming into the boat. And what fear is happening in your heart? And you look out, and all of a sudden, here comes a figure walking on the water. Personally, (laughs) that might have been my undoing. I don't know. And they're like, it's a ghost. And then Jesus responds to them and he says, hey, peace, calm, it's me. And Peter says something interesting. He's about to have an encounter that will change his revelation knowledge of who God is. He says, if that's really you, Jesus, tell me to come out of the boat. And Jesus says, come. (laughs) And Peter gets out of the boat and he walks on the water. But I want you to consider something. Great story. But what about the men in the boat? I want you to think about them. Here was an opportunity to have a divine intersection with the living God, with Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And they're in the boat. Not one of them asked to join him. Not one of them said, can we too? They're all just, let's let's see how this transpires. We'll see what happens here. We don't have a whole lot of hope, but we'll be watching. We'll keep our eyes on it. And sometimes that's how we are with God. Instead of embracing what he's wanting to do, embracing what he says, embracing the words that are spoken over us that sound ridiculously out there, we, we, we are like, well, let's see. Let's see how this works out. Let's see if this will happen. And Peter walks until he looks at the storm around him and the waves and all of that. And he begins to sink. And he cries out. Jesus takes his hand. But it's an interesting thing because um, if you look at Matthew fourteen twenty nine, um, No, not that one. Sorry. He's Matthew fourteen thirty three. Look at what it says. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him and said, Truly you are the Son of God. So whether they wanted to have the encounter God had for them or not, they had an encounter and they realized 
This was the living God amongst them. They had an aha moment where this, a revelation came to them. And they had watched him walking on the water. They'd watched Peter meet him. And they recognized him for who he was. I love it. Uh, there's lots of different intersections that happened. I think of Samuel as a young boy. And one of the things you have to know in this story that God wasn't speaking at that time. There, there wasn't, God just wasn't speaking to people at that time. And he was a young boy, and we don't even know how old he was, but he had gotten into bed, and God calls his name Samuel. And he thinks it's... It's his boss, Eli. So he runs to Eli and he says, what did you want? He said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. It takes four calls from God. And then all of a sudden, God speaks to him. And there's something that happens in this young life and he's forever transformed. And he becomes a prophet of God to the people. And he begins to share who God is to people. You see, something happened in that moment when he met with, when that voice called from heaven, something happened inside of him. And he had no idea the journey he was about to embark on and how much God was going to use him. If you want to know how God used him, read 1 Samuel. It's a, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful story. And I want to close with one last one about Elisha. And we know about, there's Elijah, the prophet, and then there's Elisha, the prophet. And we know that Elijah did a lot of miracles and Elisha did more. We know that. But did you know that he used to be a farmer, a wealthy farmer? Elisha was a wealthy farmer. It says that when Elijah came to him, there were 12 teams of oxen. That's a lot. And he's out there doing the fields. With these, these teams of oxen. And I love Elijah. What does he do? And this actually was spoken this morning. So it was crazy. He threw a cloak over him. And the cloak was his mantle. Didn't somebody get a word about a mantle this morning? Yeah. I was like, whoa, God. Anyway, what I want... This moment, this was a a divine intersection with God. This cloak goes over him. And in that moment, he has to decide. The same with you. You, Every time God encounters you, you have to decide, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to run with it? Or am I going to doubt it? Am I going to believe it? Or am I going to say, no way, Jose? What are you going to do? And in that moment, he did something crazy. He said, can I go back and say goodbye to my parents? And he goes, go ahead. And he goes back, but he takes his plow and he breaks it up and he starts a fire and he cooks some of the meat from the animals. He shut the door on what was before, saying yes to what was to come. And he said, I can't go back. There's no way I can go back. I destroyed what was my livelihood that I can go forward with what God has. And that is so impressive to me that we would be so aligned with what God is wanting to do in us that we say no to those things that hinder us from being all that God wants us to be. And we say yes 
We say yes to him. Yes to him. There's, I could tell you tons of stories from my life. I could tell you tons of stories from the Bible. And all of them have people like you and I. And he wants us to understand how he works. He wants you to be aware of his heart for you. He knows and cares about you, what you are facing. He knows what you're facing. And he cares. And he wants you to know that he can work in any situation you're facing. He can be the answer to anything you're facing. So this message is for you to understand that God wants you to know him personally. Every single one of you. None of you are left out. And he's so interested in increasing in your understanding of God that he has created divine intersections for you. To draw you deeper, to encourage you, to speak over you, to give you anchors that you can stand in anything that's going on. Because every one of those intersections has a purpose. And it's to bring revelation and understanding to you about the very heart of God. (laughs) And you need to pay attention, church. He wrote this message this morning. He has something for you. Every one of you. And he wants you to be mighty and do great exploits for him. And he wants to use you. And he wants you to understand how much he loves you and cares for you. Look for those moments when God is going to bring revelation of him to you. Oh, they're just incredible. They're beautiful. I'm going to in with a crazy one I would guess half of you won't believe me when I was probably 17 I was with Mike we lived about 23 miles from Minot in a small town and we had been in Minot and we were going home and a vehicle began to chase us and I was really scared Like it kept coming up with it right on our tail and whatever. And I was like, Michael, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I was afraid. I didn't know what this kook was wanting. I said, why are they doing this? What? They were flashing their lights and doing all kinds of things. And I'm telling you, in one, from when you come from mine, you come to a corner and you go up a huge hill onto a plane. And in one moment of time, we were at the bottom of that hill. In the next moment, we were at the top of the hill. And neither of us drove it. I truly believe in that moment, there was a moment of transportation where we were were in one spot and ended in another spot. And in that moment, I was like, what just happened? What was that? It was the beginning of me 
growing into the fact that our God is a supernatural God that can do anything and nothing is impossible with him. And so I challenge you this morning to stand and bring before him those things that are weighing you down, those things that you're struggling with, those things that you feel like there's no ability for God to do something in. And I'm telling you, you're wrong. God can work and he can do what you beyond what you can ask or think. And I could tell you story after story after story of all the ways that God has met me. And he is saying this morning, he wants to meet you. That's pretty cool. Is it not that the God of universe wants to meet you today? So would you stand with me? I remind you, every divine intersection has purpose. It's to bring revelation and understanding of the heart of God. You need to pay attention. You need to look for those moments of revelation that he wants for you. What will be your divine intersection? And are you ready? Are you ready? Are you eager? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, Papa God, you gave me this word this morning. You told me that there's going to be an increase of encounters that bring transformation. And so look at this group here this morning. Hear their hearts cry for that thing which seems mammoth in their life. I ask you, Lord, to move in every single situation. You hear them all right now in this room, even before they spoke. You already heard the word. Your hand was upon them. You lay your hand upon their head. You care about what's going on in their life. And you want to work in their situations. So I ask for a revelation of who you are. Encounter them in the area that they need you the most. Oh God, oh God, how we need you. We look for you. We look for you. We look for you, God. We look for you to move. I, I want to tell you this, and this is not meant, this isn't about bragging. This is about what I've been talking about this morning. This is about God caring about what's going on. On Tuesday morning, I was here walking and praying. And I was praying over my children. And I was praying over, I don't know, a bunch of things. And all of a sudden, Israel was there. And I was like, okay. And I began to pray over Israel. I began to intercede on, and I found myself praying so aggressively that darkness would not have its way with him, that he would be saved and kept, and that God would use him, and that he would raise him up, and all this. And that afternoon, I get a call that he was in an accident. And I'm like, God, you knew. And you had me intercede on his behalf because you had something for him that you're going to use that young man. And so we just believe with you, God. We believe with you for a divine intersection for Israel, that he would know his God and do great exploits for him, that nothing will hold him back from being who you've called him to be. And I want you to agree with me for one other thing in this believing. I want us to pray for Vicki Hamilton this morning. I want you to pray for God to move in her physical heart to do a transformational work. Can you do that with me? So we cry out right now as a congregation and we lift Vicki up before you. And we ask, Lord, that we say no blood clots in her heart.
We say no sickness or disease upon her heart. We ask for the power of God to intervene in her life, that she'd have a divine intersection that would touch her physical heart and her spiritual heart, and she would be transformed by the power of the living God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I ask that we as a people would believe you. We would believe you, God. And that we as a congregation would do great exploits in Jesus' name. Michael. Ruth was sharing about divine intersections and and God can do that to you sometimes, but don't wait for him. Get started. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. He went to a friend's meeting and they were all sitting quietly. And he said, what are you doing? He said, well, we're we waiting for God to move on somebody and speak. And he said, so he started to speak. And they asked him afterwards, they said, how did you get to God? How, how did God move on you so fast? He said, I just started to let him catch up. There's a lot of times when we have opportunities for divine interactions that we need to take hold of. They won't happen unless you take hold of them. God wants to touch you. He wants to move. And you need to take hold of it. I'll give you one right here that we're going to do right now. Uh, put your hand in your heart, and I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Now in, the, in the scriptures, God told the, the priests, you speak this blessing over the people. And, he, and it says, the next verse after the blessing says, every time you do this, I will bless them. So God's waiting for me to speak over you or for you to speak over someone else this blessing. And when you do, you, you summon or request God to move in their behalf, to move in blessing and in power. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious unto you and make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. So now you have to interact with that and say, God, I've been blessed. I expect your blessing. <laughs>